0: So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785 833 Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers. 785-833. The world is full of sounds that warn you of danger. Like if you get a little too close to a rattlesnake, you're the ch But in the digital world, if your personal information is in danger, there is no to let you know that you might be in trouble. The good thing is that LifeLock has added the power of Norton Security to see more cyber threats, whether it's potential threats to your identity, like your personal information for sale on the dark web, or threats to your devices, like malware or emerging viruses. If you have a problem, their agents will work to fix it. Of course, no one can stop every cyber threat or prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock with Norton can detect a wide range of threats that could sneak up on you. Join now and get 10% off your first year. Just go to lifelock.com or call 1 800 Lifelock and enter the promo code BONES. 1 800 Lifelock, enter the promo code BONES for 10% off at lifelock.com. I love Lifelock. I have used Lifelock. They have helped me so many times. Lifelock.com. All right, welcome to episode 156 with Laura. So you're. I fell, sorry. <laughs> I was ready to start talking but I I didn't say your name Um, we have so many friends that I know one Ryan Hurd is a friend I would say I have a lot of artists uh, buds but Ryan is Ryan Hurd's a better than a bud to me and so he was like you know she went on I was like
1: I guess not (laughs) so I'm glad that you're
0: finally here me too I'm so
1: excited and Ryan is that to me too we date back pretty far. We were both like in other marriages when we met, both like little ragtag idiots and no idea what we were doing. And I bonded with him and I was like, you are a misfit toy. I'm obsessed with you. Right. And I think that's
0: why I like him too. Oh, me too. Because I'm a total misfit here, everywhere.
1: He just does, he just does him. He's not interested. Uh, and I love it.
0: We're talking about Ryan Hurd. Hey, let's, <laughs> run, let's run through a couple of Ryan songs that you wrote with Ooh, Ryan real quick. Yeah. Uh, his current single to a T.
2: Yeah. And
0: then Diamonds or twine.
2: Doesn't matter if it's twine.
0: Now he's told this story before about the right, but I you know it's always interesting to me to hear the other yeah. and not even other side, but the other angle uh-huh. of like a song. Mm-hmm. So talk about this one for a second, uh, Diamonds, Diamonds or twine, which he wrote, you know, about Marin. hmm
1: about 20 minutes ago, I heard it in a Walgreens, and I texted him. Really? Yes, totally. I was like, I was like buddy, I told everyone in line I wrote this song. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't, but I want to make him giggle. Um, that day was amazing. Every time I write with Ryan, I'm, I love him, and I love writing with him. But he um, brought in that title. And, you know, I know him, and I know his love for Marin, Who doesn't? But, you know, I, I, you know, you can feel energy and he's talking about diamonds and I'm like, "Mm, you know, all that stuff. And he just wanted to, you know, write a monster love song. And I'm always game for that. That's like my favorite type of song.
0: Yeah. I wonder because the environment for, you know, making money with music is different from the passion for making music. Mm -hmm. And I even find that within myself. Like some things that I know are going to test well and I talk about or that are going to get ratings.
2: Mm
0: I don't really want to. And you got to balance. Yes. Or you have to find a way to make the things that are wanted in a way that you want to make them. And yes. It's like, so you, you mentioned love songs. Like, do you ever get in a room and go, "You know what? This song probably isn't going to be one that that is is streamed ten million times or mm-hmm. radio plays, but I just feel like writing it."
1: That happens to me here and there. But to be honest with you, I'm really obsessed with commercial songwriting and commercial music. So I'm not gathering a lot of like my influences for any from anything other than commercial music. So I'm hoping for the people I'm writing with and for the artists I'm writing for, that there is a component of it's possible to be on the, it can be on the radio, even if it's a little, you know, a little different or something. I'm hoping that because all I listen to is the radio and, you know, music that's available, not just on, you know, terrestrial radio, but music, things that people are consuming right now. I hope that the component that I'm bringing is like commercialism, commercialism or something like that.
0: It's, interesting that you would say that because I would look at you and go has no interest in being commercial you got the, the sleeve tattoos you got the, I mean you like you it. like kind of counterculture
1: I th- yes on one side yeah. me I myself I really am uninterested in the status quo of living and walking and breathing but in terms of my taste in music I don't know what it is but if you heard the list of my like childhood favorite songs you'd be like lol like <laughs> Like, it's songs that got me that still make me cry are, like, Michael Bolton songs. (laughs) And, like, (laughs) like, said I loved you, but I lied. I actually showed that to Ryan at some point back in the day, and I was just, like, he had heard it, but I was, like, you haven't digested this enough. Like, this song is magic. Like, Mutt Lang, my heart is Mutt Lang's. Like, I just, I love music that everyone has agreed upon. And not after the fact, but kind of, like, you can see it coming, you know? Uh, Like, the common denominator music is my favorite. Like, this is accessible to everybody. I love language. I'm a linguist. I love words. And the idea that you can say something complicated and emotionally complicated very simply turns me on. I don't know.
0: You know, a song that I think is very available to everyone and everyone kind of would assume their narrative is Speechless, which you wrote Mm -hmm. with Dan and Shay. Mm -hmm. And so, and the monster song. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's got to be so cool to have a song. Not only be big, but... (laughs) be next level oh
1: it's so exciting
0: and to and it builds like a snowball mm-hmm. here it comes mm-hmm. is it gonna do it okay it's doing it <laughs> oh it's going more than now it's taking down the city yeah. like it didn't just roll like it's gotten so big it's knocking over houses
1: yeah i told i told my publisher and i tell a lot of people that speechless is my first um job security song <laughs> where i can tell that even if i never write anything good from this day forth like some bitch is gonna call me and 30 years and be like, my daughter's having a wedding. Will you, pr- I can't afford Dan and Shay. Will you come play? You know, <laughs> and though she'll pay me 10 grand to come play it. Like I can see that that song, I knew it. Like I was like, this song is how I'm going to keep my lights on. Like this kind of song. And, you know, at the end of your career, you've written hopefully like 10, 20, 30, whatever. But there's going to be three or four that people mention at the end of your life. And I have a feeling speechless will probably be one of those.
0: Yeah, I do too. And so when they put the record out, because I'm I'm really close with Dan. Mm -hmm. Me too. And I'm pretty close with Shay. Yeah. Um,
1: I feel the same way. Yeah. Same balance. (laughs) And so
0: um, like Dan was over at the house. And we were talking about the record. And I was like, it was before Speechless was a single, right? Mm-hmm. Tequila was killing it. It still is. It still is, oh right? Oh, my God. But both of those songs, they, like you almost can't decide <laughs> which one to play because they're both so big and so I good, right? are. And so I was like, Dan, I love Speechless. Did you come play it on the show? The mm-hmm. record was just coming out. And it wasn't a single, but I was like, mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to play Speechless. Yeah. Like that song to me. And he's like, you know? And they come and they play it. I was talking to Abby, his wife, who – I'm close the to. And darling. Amy, my my host, is very close oh. to. Like, they hang out outside of work. She's
1: a special girl. I had one day with her, but I feel like she's my best friend.
0: <laughs> and she loves dogs. Yes. How do you not like somebody who loves oh, a dog? God, right? Truly, a kind heart. And I remember Abby going, You know what? She told me, I don't think she'll care that I say this. She goes, The first time I heard it, I didn't really hear I've it. I've heard
1: that too. She goes, I know. I know. She goes, I was like,
2: yeah, yeah, it's good.
0: And I was like, Oh, man, Abby, mm-hmm. that song. When you heard it come back produced, were you like, Oh my god, it's even better. It's better oh. than I thought it
1: could be. Well, what's amazing is the demo, you know, Dan is really big on like let's let's present a demo. This song was we got the vocal and they didn't even add any harmonies. And I was like, "Guys, you're a harmony band. Like are you sure you want to show the label without like the big cell?" And he's like, "We don't need we don't need anything. We're done. We need to give this to you know, Scott uh and and see what happens next, you know. And he was right. Dan is a really special artist in terms of – he has such a balance of, like, same thing, like commerce and art. And he's
0: psychotic, which helps. Psycho. And and it's – for me, I say that as someone who's also psycho (laughs) because we're both OCD, like, Mm -hmm. crazy with lists and tasks. Mm -hmm. He is the uh, most practical artist Mm -hmm. I think I've ever met.
1: I completely concur. And also, to add a fun fact – he is the most inclusive. Like, songwriters, you could be best friends with the artist. You're writing the song. Oh, my God, you're on the bus. Hugs, kisses, everything is joyful. You cannot hear from someone for a year. Like, it's a real thing. And even if your song's on the radio, it's like, see you at the number one party. Like, sometimes that happens. And I, not as much to me. Per- I know this happens. Like, you think you're best friends with people, and then they just split, you know? Because they're busy, and it's perfectly understandable. But Dan makes time to be inclusive. Like he'll call and say, guys, I really think this week we're going to hit top 20 And it. Like he's give, giving us little like inside scoops and stuff. And it's, it's awesome. And it's so special, like to be involved in a way that's kind of new to me. I mean, I've been in the business for this particular business for 11 years, and I've just never been so aware of what's going on with a song, but Dan and both songs, Keeping Score, the other one that
2: with, With Kelly on Clarkson the on the yeah. record, yeah.
1: The two, like, he'll, he'll give me little updates. So this, even when that was happening, you're not going to believe it, guys, but Kelly Clarkson's going to, you yeah. know. I mean, that was huge. I've never had anything like that happen, and I would have found out, typically, I'd find out from my publisher, and it would be like, oh, and then I'd be thanking them. But he, like... He brings you into the fold. It's really sweet. The wonderful.
0: cool thing about Dan from Dan and Shay um, is, and we talk so inside here. It's Dan from Dan, <laughs> Dan and Shay. I know. I'm is sorry. That, is, I'll try. To... Is that he's so good also at knowing, and I mean this in the most complimentary way, at knowing his role too, because he's like Shay's the singer.
2: I
1: know.
0: And like Shay's <laughs> he's the front like man. Businessman. He's like well, this is. Oh, yeah. Like I do this and Shay does this and we're great together, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to be the front man.
1: I think they are so lucky to have found each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, in both directions, equally. Equally.
0: And they had tried different things that didn't work.
1: Uh-huh. But There's it was like reason. that
0: perfect. Mm-hmm. But, and listen, Shay's not tracking both, Shay's mm-hmm. not doing any of that crap. Shay wants Doesn't to care. sleep and sing. And he's the best. He's the best.
1: He is the best.
0: And Dan is like, you sleep, sleep
2: mm-hmm. all day. I'll yep. handle this.
0: Uh-huh. when it's showtime, you do show. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. They're, they're a great team. Yeah. I love them. Oh, by great. the way, here's keeping score. It's a Dan and Kelly Clarkson.
2: Mm-hmm. Did
0: you write this as a duet?
1: Mm-hmm. No.
0: So it wasn't. We're gonna write this and go search for someone. No. I that's, mean, it, that's even cooler than if so all of a sudden cooler. a big artist comes in.
1: It's the best. That song is. That song is like a lifer moment. For, I think for Dan and for me, uh, he had that title, and um, he really was feeling those feelings. Ooh, my phone. Let's turn it's it off. find somebody cool. <laughs> is, tell tell us if it's somebody cool. Yeah, tell us if somebody it's cool. Ryan. It's not, not at all. It's he, the lamest no. person in my like. It's not a person. It's like a like a text. It's, a that bot? Is, it's like one of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Walgreens it's letting bot. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The exactly. Walgreens.
0: Your prescription needs to be filled. <laughs> That's what I get. Sometimes. I'm so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I know it wasn't Ryan. He's doing an Ask Anything uh, Twitter oh, chat right really? now, and he just answered one of my questions. No way. I was like, how do your arms get so big? And he did a video back. He's no. like, Bobby in Nashville asked how my arms get so big. Oh, my God. Um,
1: Let's circle back to Abs and Ryan in a little bit, because okay. that is a good story. Because
0: I talk to him all the time about the body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all I time. make fun
1: of him yeah. all the time.
0: I make fun of him because I want it. <laughs> it's want- one of those <laughs> where it's like, I'm going to make fun of you because I don't have it, and I wish I did. Uh, but just uh, on the day in the shade, just one final yes. comment about this. Like from speechless, you're gonna be so rich, isn't that so cool? <laughs> I mean, really, it's not even you're, probably, you're not even gonna pay for that song yet. I would imagine has no, you, have the check have, started? No, no I it'll
1: be it'll be three months or three quarters before. Yeah, and then it'll trickle a bit, mm-hmm.
0: but you're gonna be so rich from that. That's gonna be so cool, man. And you know what? You deserve every freaking penny of it.
1: <laughs> Thank you. How many people wrote that song? Four.
0: You? Who else? Uh, Dan, Dan Shay
1: and Jordan Reynolds. Who you should? Who is a hoot? I don't know if you know him, Jordan but he's adorable.
0: From Brandon? I don't Brandon Ray. I think he's worked with Brandon Ray on prison and stuff. I don't
1: know. I only know him as a goofball friend of mine that I write songs with. I don't know who else he works with. Yeah. I know he works with Dan and Shay a lot, though.
0: Mike, who was in here recently after Ryan that was telling us to bring her in? The hell? Some, somebody was here recently. Wow. Maybe, was, do you know Joy Williams? No. Maybe, somebody was here in the last couple. Because you've been a couple people have been like, hey. And I was like, I, That's I, so I feel cool. like I know. I know. I know.
1: That makes me feel really special. That's cool. You
0: know what's cool? Like I was reading about... So I know the music part of what you've done because mm-hmm. one, I'm a fan of song... I'm a fan of just writing. Like I'm a writer. I don't I, write songs. Like I love
1: song. that you care so much. It means but, so much to all of us.
0: Like I enjoy the art of, of writing and creating, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I started doing this because I'm like, I just think it's cool. Yeah. And all of a sudden the it's downloaded like hundreds of thousands of times, yeah. right? And so I never did it for that, mm-hmm. but I was like, I love it. And so I started doing the... the um, like, studying the, the writing part of it. but So I'm looking up, and I know all of your songs. But then I look into you, and you, and I start to see, like, the, your music history. Oh, God. Because you were actually a, a singer in a family band. Yes. Which I think is so freaking cool. Because you talk about a relationship. Yeah. That's, like, nine of them happening at once in a family band. <laughs> you can't even just leave that one.
1: No. Well, you do. Well, you do.
0: <laughs> but when you do, you're done, done. Like, you have to yeah. leave leave. Oh, but yeah. it's not
1: like you can just take – yeah. That's
0: your family, yeah. And even then, you can't really leave. Well, <laughs> like they're still your family. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> tell tell me about that. So, how old are you? And
2: in-
1: I, my family's. Uh, I speaking of counterculture. Um, I was raised very unusually. Unusually, that's right. Um, and it's a very long story, but um, yeah, it's like uh, raised in New York. No, like I was born in New York, a month later we moved to Florida, and then a year later we moved to Alabama, and then a year later and I as a child I was like, "Oh, we move a lot." But really we my parents are kind of like what's the word? Um uh, gypsy kind of people, okay. and uh, we lived in other people's houses a lot and it was like financially the very Very tumultuous. And we would do creative things, you know, for my dad's art a lot as a kid.
0: Is that why you were gypsies? For art? Yes. Okay.
1: And it's religion is another component, but whatever. It's mainly that. My dad was creative, and he wanted to be creative. And we were kind of like, oh, well, you guys can. It was a strange, strange upbringing. And the band was really like the last, you know, version of that. So we were like... You know, there was another financial, like, oh, God. And it was like, let's start a band. And just so happens, we're re- we were really good. Like, my sister is an incredibly gifted singer and, and songwriter. She has a song on the charts right now. She's a songwriter as well. My brother was very gifted at playing guitar. My, my parents are actually extremely gifted musically. And we were signed to Atlantic Records. I mean, it was this whole thing, but really... It's like this habit, the up-down habit is just... It's really hard to shake, and that was the band, you know? It was pretty tumultuous, so I don't look back on it like, oh, what a wonderful, fun thing I got to do. It was more like obligatory and... I'm really happy that I was like through a lot of therapy. I figured out what was going on there. Like it was a lot of weird stuff.
0: But how old were you that it was obligatory? Obligatory.
1: That's what makes it weird. It's like we were so secluded. We were so secluded. We didn't have a community. That's part of why I'm so grateful for Nashville. We were we moved around a lot. We were, our family was all we had. So at 18 years old, I wanted to go to college, and there was a financial problem, and it was like. Let's work for the family and it lasted ten years, so like eighteen to twenty eight. Wow, you
0: were in the band for ten years. Yeah. And you'd never loved it. No. And you were the front?
1: Me and my sister shared the lead, but yes, I was the I wrote a lot of the songs, I played a bunch of the instruments and I was managing the band. I was doing everything and it was really just trying to keep my parents' lights on, to be honest with you. Like I was just trying to save the family. It How do was, you get out of that? It's very weird and complicated, but step one was My sister, God bless her, had the bravery to be like, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. She just wanted to do a solo career. And I was kind of like, me too. Like, I was so afraid to hurt the family. But she was brave enough to get out of there. And then I got out of there. And we both moved. Well, no, no, no. I moved to Nashville. And then she eventually moved to Nashville. And um, that's how I got out. I just said, I'm done. And You you didn't
0: want to sing anymore?
1: I feel like singing is something I get to do all day long for me all day long I have a show later I'm doing a little gig later like a corporate gig just singing three songs and I'm out of there I get to sing all the time and I love singing I love it it's so much fun but selling singing is like I'm done I don't want to sell anything I just want to make stuff (laughs) do you know what I mean
0: so when you came to town did you just want to write songs just write songs that was the goal
1: the goal and I have no other goals to this day. I don't want to publish anybody. I don't want to manage anybody. I don't want to work for a label. I literally just love this. I, I, like, I fucking love writing songs. Like, I am just as excited about what I wrote today as this speechless. I'm just as excited. Like, that's really what gets me going is just making something make sense. And it's like complicated emotions and putting it into simplistic wording. Like that to me is like everything.
0: Do you think that your not-so-awesome experience singing in the family band, though, has made this happen now where you don't want to sing because of that?
1: I think there's a portion of it there, and I, I feel like that's sort of a therapy conversation that I will work through at some point with my pr- amazing therapist, Laura Lee. I, she's like my she's like my safe place. You, you know, know, if you're shouting at
0: your therapist, you love them. I've done that I many know. times, too. So shouting my I hair, love you, girl. Like I'm
1: you. so grateful. She's really helped me through, like, kind of really putting a lot of this in its place like it's a very complicated and unusual life have you ever read the glass castle i have not i haven't either she told me like don't read it but that's your life like it's a really weird upbringing where you have there's no safety or security and you're just kind of hoping everything i mean that's not no way to raise children and i have three children now and like i'm you know aware of what happened a little more you know but that's that could go on and on
0: it feels like pop music was your counterculture it
1: is you did you talk about you love pop You're, music you just nailed it
0: you weren't supposed to love pop music that's
1: exactly right and you've, you you nailed it because when we were signed i wanted to play by the rules and it was like, we're too cool for that. We're too cool for that. And I was just like, but it's good. And I don't understand. Like, I was so confused.
0: And you weren't supposed to like it. Exactly. And what do you do when you're young? Everything you're not supposed exactly. to like, you're drawn you to. You just
1: gave me something new to chew on, truly. That is the truth. I love rules. That's really what it is. My My family didn't, was allergic to rules. Like, no thank you. I don't want to be a part of that thing. And so there's a little bit of counterculture, like, in my blood, but... You're absolutely right. Music was like the thing. I I love bumper bowling. I know how to hit the pins. Like, you know Inside what I mean. Inside
0: the lanes, you are amazing, <laughs> and you love <laughs> That's lanes. Just my f- I love lanes. I, yeah, I do too. And I, I have love. To, I love to create lanes and stay in them. Yeah. I didn't have any rules ever. I grew up.
1: Mm.
0: You know, bad. I, I wasn't a family band, but I, I don't know up,
1: anything about your childhood. If there is a, like public knowledge, t- fill me in. I don't oh, know anything.
0: I don't know about public knowledge. Okay. But I grew up. Um, my mom was a drug addict. She died in her 40s. I don't know my, oh my dad. Okay. So it was like 10. Okay. I was kind of raising myself. We're I,
1: officially in the same like weird column. I got it. Okay. Yeah, and I
0: never had rules oh, yeah. ever, which is, it seems great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but Kids you,
1: like rules.
0: Yeah, I think structure, Boundaries, at least some structure, structure. To, to be taught structure is a thing. Yes. Maybe you don't love it, Maybe mm-hmm. I didn't want, but I was never taught it. Yes. That being said, I think there is a beauty now to. I don't ask about a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. I just go and do things, right. and then if I need to learn the rules later, <laughs> I do. But I think you're able to go into so many undiscovered places where it seems like, wow, this person's a real trailblazer. Mm-hmm. But no, no, I'm not trailblazing anything. Yeah. I'm just doing what I feel instead of doing yes. what I've been taught. And so, yeah, for me, it was I had to kind of grow up real quick.
1: I think that's a fair. Everyone says, you know, I don't know if you've seen. Everyone's seen It's a Wonderful Life. But, you know, when he's like, you were born older, George. It's like I feel like people that are in situations like that just are born older, lucky for them, or they have to grow up really fast. And I don't know. I'm glad to hear that about you. It's neat to connect about that. Uh, Luke Dick is someone also really weird. Like everyone with, like, weird stuff. I'm like, oh, you know, Jesse Jo Dillon is another one you might want to talk to someday. She's amazing. And I find these, like, weird people, you know. Dan, Weird people. Everybody's like funky stories and that's what makes me feel cozy. But then, like you said, I I think it serves you. You know what I mean? Having like shitty uh, situations as a kid, I wouldn't undo it. Like if I could go back, I wouldn't undo a thing because I feel like I'm calmer than – this doesn't seem like that big of a a deal. Like I'm very like – I'm just having fun. I'm having fun, you know, but – I think that's what I have to be grateful for. It's like, thank you for setting the shit bar so high that I hardly ever, like, I don't even see it anymore. My life is, like, really easy. And I'm like, God, yes, you know.
0: Do you – I'll I'll, I'll not project onto you. I'll tell you me, and then I'll I'll ask you the question. (laughs) Because, you know, in your childhood, you're wired Mm -hmm. pretty hard. And it's hard to shake that. And that's why I've been through a lot of therapy. It's because I – know a lot of things mm-hmm. because I was taught a lot of things early mm-hmm. and not the right things. Yeah. So you're trying to unlearn things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for me, uh, vulnerability stuff tough because I had to like be right. I, did, I was the only one there for me. Right. Put the shell up, never let it in, right? Right. And so, you know, I still struggle with that now. I do too. At yeah. thir- I'm 38 years old. So am I. When's your How birthday? Are you? In April.
1: <gasps> I'm two months older than yeah. you. We're, hey. We're basically the same. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Amazing. so it's like, you know, I've never been married. Uh-huh. N- I've never been engaged. And it's all of that's because of, you know, how I grew up. Yeah. And I'm trying to undo it. Like, I'm trying to unwind that ball.
1: It's really hard, but it's, it's like worth the work. I, do you do EMDR at all?
0: I did for a while. Yes, it absolutely. Awesome. It was awesome. Yes. You have to... So for those that don't know, and your yeah. EMDR may be different than what mine okay, was. Okay,
1: I don't know what yours was. So
0: I uh, go in, I would go in, I would sit with my therapist, mm-hmm. and... Uh, they're, they're, they had to the, share the computer up okay. and, uh, did she put things on you? Did your ears? Yeah. Okay. Ears. That's what it. Is. Yeah. Yeah. We did the ears and it's like, oh, and then they, talk, and like you talk through the yes. scenario and you look and see things yes. and think things just like pff, come yeah. out of you. Uh
1: huh. Whoops a daisy. Yeah. So oh, yeah,
0: I did MDR for a while. Yeah. Um, have, you you've done it.
1: I've done it and I'm so glad I did. I got to a point with my therapist where. I, there's so many amazing things you said. out. I don't want to forget them. The, your thing is like, wall's up, da 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 da. Like, mine is um, abandonment. Like, I, when my, my husband, I have the most amazing husband. I'm so lucky. I can't believe I found him, his family, blah, blah, blah. If he leaves town, I, he's, in my head, he's dead. Mm. Like, he's, you know, he's, he's sleeping with somebody else. Like, I have these weird. Like, I need to protect myself. I get real scared that he's abandoned me. And I'm saying that fully, full frontal because I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this. And, you know, it's a thing. But my therapist was like, we need to get to that. And she couldn't quite get to it. Like, he would leave town and I would just crumble again. And even when it's out loud, you're still kind of like, God, I'm still doing it and it still hurts. It's like it's one thing to be like, I'm doing that thing that I do and it doesn't hurt, you know. And she was like, I, you know, I think you should do some EMDR. And mine was this amazing woman in Green Hills, um, uh, and she would put like headphones on, and there'd be this noise that would go back and forth, dee, 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 like Almost that. Almost like a hearing test. Yes, like a hearing yeah. test. And I told her some like really awful, dark memories I have from my childhood, and she would walk my adult self back to those places and save me from Mm. that situation. And it basically just is a quick processing thing. It's not magic. It's literally like forcing your brain to process something to the end rather than having it like an open book. It's like a unfinished business or something like that. And man, it helps so much. Yeah, it helped me too. I mean, it really helped me kind of go like, that's over. It's over. You're not that little girl anymore you're not scared you're fine you're like have a safe place to be you know and I just I therapists financial advisors really good publisher I feel like I have family in those people and then I have my husband's family who rule and all these friends we keep talking about I just feel like I'm more than made up for lost time in terms of community for sure
0: what I find refreshing about this conversation and what I've been able to see too is when I wrote my first book I was nervous that people were going to feel sorry for me. Yes. I didn't want that. Yeah. And I would go and I do stand up. So I do theaters all around the country mm-hmm. and I would, I go and I meet pretty much everybody before or after the show
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, or I would do the book tour. I would go on book tour yeah. and I would be nervous because I don't want people feeling bad. I never want people feeling bad for me. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Cause I'd I also don't like people feeling happy for me because you can't really have one. Yeah. You know, you, there's always this meter of where you are. You can't just be super happy without having super sad. Yeah. And so I, I, I I, don't, I struggle with any emotion at all, right? And so I was like, man, I don't people feel bad for me. But I wrote these stories and what I learned was, with one story in particular, I was nervous writing my first book because before my mom died, uh, she sh- was struggling hard with meth and mm. um, alcohol and uh, all the hard stuff. Yeah. But she was she was an addict, which is why I've never, I've never had to drink alcohol or, or done that because I know I can't. Wow. I would love to, but I just, know I would just, I'd wow. be the champion of it. Wow. And I'm super competitive yeah. and I would win the alcohol contest for sure. <laughs> but I uh, am... <laughs> I, I remember I wrote a story in my first book and it was about my mom and she was in bad shape financially and she did porn. And she called me and was like, I'm gonna put this out if you don't give me money. Oh my god. And I wrote this story in my book and I was like, I don't know if anybody's gonna to, going to understand this yeah. or feel bad. And do you know and that was the thing I worried about the most, but so many people came up to me and they were like, You have no idea how much I empathize yes. with that situation. Yes. Maybe not that exact exact thing. But that situation where people... And I kind of went, you know what? I think we're all just messed up in our own way.
1: All of us. And
0: if we're all messed up, is it even really messed up? No. That's what it came down to for me. Like we're not even... We feel we're messed up because nobody talks about it. Yes. But when people start talking about it, you go, oh, we're the same. And so if we're all the same, it's that's not messed up.
1: This is why I write songs. Because I feel like most of people on this planet are walking around feeling a ton of things and just not... Lingui- they're not linguistically structured to put words to things. When you hear a song, you know, I, this is a random example. I'm sorry I'm circling back, but this is exactly why I write songs. Uh, uh, Just Another Day in Paradise. Uh, what's his name?
0: Just Another Day in, in Paradise. Par- okay.
1: yeah. Think about that song. It's okay. like kids screaming, phone ringing, dog barking, the mailman i bringing the stack of bills. I love this song. It's amazing. It is literally the picture of a normal American life. I had no idea at 18 years old. I didn't have the gifting to put together why I was so obsessed with this song, but I now know, like I was setting a picture for what I wanted. Despite everything that was going on around me, I just wanted to be under a roof in a safe place with some kids and a dog and it being okay that the, you know, this, the biggest problem was that, you know, the pizza guy didn't deliver the, like, you know, the restaurant didn't take the reservation. Like, I had no idea at 18. I think it was around where I was like, "Why does this song make me cry?" Well, every time I hear it, I want to cry. That writer, Craig Wiseman, I texted him about this after I had my babies. I was like, "You set a whole standard for wh- how, what I wanted to live, and I had no idea." And here I am. I got my two baby. I have twin babies, and I had my babies, and they were a month old. And I'm texting and going like you literally made, you kind of made this happen by writing this song. Like you gave me something to strive for that didn't resemble my life at all. And this is precisely why I write songs. I love the idea that if I write about a man, it's going to be a good man. If I write about a woman, it's going to be a strong woman. If I write about love, it's either going to be, you know, amazing and worth it and the one, or I'm going to write about making mistakes and owning them. Rich is a good example of that. Like, it's a it's a silly song. It's funny and makes me giggle. But it's also she's not blaming this guy. She's blaming herself. Like I want to make people feel like they have something to strive for, even if they don't know. You know, at a young age, whether do you know what I'm saying? I I'm do. kind of talking around. No, things, no, but-
0: you're talking right into it, too, and I understand what you're saying because um, you are doing. Hopefully, I'm not cutting the shortcut too quickly. No, but on. what you're doing is what you had done for you. <laughs> I mean, you... Tell me. What do you mean? Well, you like that he set that standard view of the song. Yes. Uh-huh. For, for what you wanted. In your, I, I'm not a therapist. I've been a lot of therapy. It feels but, like that, but, though. But, I'm, but as you say, you know, he set that song for you. And who, who sang that? Phil... Um, Phil
1: Vassar. Phil Vassar, yeah. yeah.
0: So Phil Vassar's singing that song.
1: Uh-huh. He doesn't have kids, by the way. Amazing. But go on.
0: And you're hearing it going, that's what I want. Yes. So when you're writing these songs, it sounds like you're writing the types of songs that made you feel like you were secure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Every time, every time, every day, every movie I ever saw that made me feel something like the Goosey is about love. Like I, those are noted. I know they're in there and they're part of why I found the love of my life. It's because I took, I was like, this is what love is. This is what I want. It's like you, you keep putting it in a little basket or something.
0: You're writing for others what you needed.
1: Yes. And what I hope people will feel good hearing is possible I don't know art is so powerful I mean art makes us do really weird shit and makes us move to Guam to pursue you know whatever we just do weird stuff because we're inspired by something artistic and I'm talking way a whole lot about this but this is so why I write songs for sure
0: let me let me throw this commercial real quick by now you may be racking your brain valentine's day what are you gonna get her 1-800 flowers.com I'll say it right now because it is not complicated Roses from 1-800-Flowers are a no-brainer right now when you order early. 1-800-Flowers has amazing deals on vibrant and romantic Valentine's rose bouquets, arrangements, and so much more starting at $29.99. There are so many unbelievable deals from 1-800-Flowers, but you have to hurry. Gorgeous Valentine's bouquets, all the arrangements, starting at $29.99. It's an amazing deal, but it will not last long. I'm telling you, so many of the listeners... So many of my people have done this. They love it. To order Valentine's bouquets, arrangements, and more starting at $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, enter the code BBS. The code is BBS. You're listening right now. Maybe you don't have it yet. That's why I'm here. 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon and enter the code BBS, as in Bobby Bone Show, BBS. I love that Dollar Shave Club has everything that I need to look, feel, and smell my best. What I love even more is the fact that I never have to go to a store. That's because, well, one, Dollar Shave Club delivers everything that I need right to my door. And two, they keep me fully stocked on what I use so I don't run out. It works like this. They got it all. No matter what you're getting ready for, head to toe. Your hair, your skin, your face. You name it, Dollar Shave Club has it. That's what I love about it, too, because I have it set up. That the toothpaste is sent to me. The Dollar Shave Club toothpaste. It's every three months. comes to my door because for some reason I always forget to go buy a toothpaste. And it's also great toothpaste as well. They have a handsome discount. The more you buy, the more you save. Right now they have a bunch of starter sets. You can try... For just 5 bucks, like their oral care kit. After that, the restock box ships regular-sized products at a regular price. Boom. I don't know what you're waiting for, because you can get your starter set right now for $5. dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. I love it. dollarshaveclub.com slash bones. Okay. Let's run through a few more songs. Sure. I have all of them here. Let's see how, let's do some, uh um, some Marin stuff. Oh, yay. This is, uh, let's do, I could use a love song. Here's.
2: I could use a love song that
1: takes me back just like that when it comes Now,
0: the odd thing about this song mm-hmm. is that it was Marin's first number one.
1: I know. Amazing.
0: You know, and congratulations to you. Thank you. She should have had a couple before it.
1: I agree. <laughs> I totally agree.
0: But that's her first number one. That's it. Yeah. That had to be cool
1: for you guys. It was really special. Because she finally did it, and you are on that team that finally did it. I completely concur. It was a really magical thing to be a part of. And Jimmy and I, who wrote that with her, we have a bunch of songs coming out on her next project. We have a very incredible writing relationship and friendship. It's a, a great team of people. Marin is a magic Little creature. I just adore her.
0: Here, little creature. That's funny. Um, Here is Rich. rich, We got to number two.
1: Two, I I know. know.
0: How funny is that?
1: It was really funny. Uh, I had had, I I could use a love song in January, and I knew Speechless was going to go. This was between. And if it had gone number one. You got the triple play? And yeah. I would have been the first woman to do that, a new woman to do that in a really long time. And One I was spot. like, oh, God
2: oh. do it. <laughs>
0: you know, and the funny thing was I remember the, um, just the inside stories about the, yeah. the things that you don't get to hear as a songwriter. Uh-huh. Which are weird for, for me to hear now as someone who is, you know, I'm on like 150 radio stations. And mm-hmm. I try not to be the programming guy because mm-hmm. I don't want to get in those battles. Because right. what's happening with the programmers is it's a penis measuring contest between the people that are running the streaming service and satellite and they hate each other. And it's right. a whole, I'm not trying to be in that. Right. right. But I love music mm-hmm. because I also create things. So for a different reason. Yeah. So I'm hearing these conversations about rich and people are like, mm, it's not country. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's, I, I know. and I, stations were pulling out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. And
0: it was so frustrating because I'm also friends with Marin <laughs> and I'm, I'm in too deep in all the ways <laughs> And I just remember being so frustrated that yeah. it got to two. I know.
1: It was still <sighs> thrilling. I mean, it was on the chart long enough where you're not going to look back in five years and go like, ah, it was a number two. I mean, people know the song. It was also a fourth single. Those are those are interesting things. Those are interesting cells. Like, she's on her next, she's in the next space, you mm-hmm. know. I, I mean, they were going to pull it at Thirty, pull it at twenty, pull it. Oh, at they 10. were gonna pull it the whole time because oh, I, I was know. seeing all the
0: complaints. Oh, and here's yes. what saves songs in the end. Um, so just because I'm just not a radio guy, yeah. Like I'm, I just like to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. If it's on a stage with a microphone or if it's a book, or I have a great platform on radio, yeah. but I don't consider myself a radio, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole time that song is, people are like, I don't think it's, you know, Prada, mm-hmm. all these things. Like it's not country, but mm-hmm. what saved it was the fact that it researched, and they would do these they do get the data back and it'd be fantastic. Yeah. And it's like, what do you want to believe? You're, you're fake hillbilly penis. <laughs> you're like you're trying to be fake country. Yeah. Stop fighting for something against something and you're fighting against some other dude. Mm-hmm. It's just, it gets ugly.
1: The reason why I feel like I don't care is that that song has all the structure of a perfect country song. We may have put Prada in there, and yeah, it's groovy as fuck. But like, it's it is a song based on a, the blueprint of how a country song is written. And the fact that not everyone is going to hear that is totally fine. I am not from here, <laughs> not from around here. Like I, you know, I'm from New York, most mostly from New York. Other parts of the country, I would never. I didn't live in the South long enough to even understand <clears throat> what goes on down here. You know, I moved here in 2008, so. I'm a newbie. I totally get it. So I, I'm i not going to argue with putting Prada in a song, but the it old. needs to be said that that is so blueprinted perfectly.
0: You know, I have... The, the strength and the weakness, the same. So I came from pop and hip hop mm-hmm. before I came to country. Okay. So I built my syndicate. I was doing uh, pop, music, hip hop. I built my own syndication company in Texas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now, I grew up in Arkansas, so I was a huge... You did? I my did. My husband's from
1: Arkansas. Really? What part of Arkansas? Uh,
0: central. I'm, from, I'm a town nobody knows. Like 700 people. What is it called? Well, it's called Mountain Pine, but it's near oh, Hot Springs, right. which is okay. near Little Rock. Okay. Which is everything in Arkansas is close to each He's other. He's from Nimrod. Arkansas. I know Nimrod. You I know Lake do? Nimrod. Yeah, we used to go on Lake no, Nimrod all the time. Yeah. How would I know there's Lake no Nimrod? No one knows if I, Nimrod. No, no. I, yeah, we used we, we to fish in Lake Amazing. Nimrod all the time.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Um,
0: So, um, it's funny that I even know that lake.
1: I know. Well, um, Nimrod, have, it's like a joke I get to tell at parties. Like, oh, my husband's from Nimrod.
0: I know where that is. Yeah. yeah. In Arkansas, I played so much ball around the state that mm. you kind of know oh, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, So, I had a country background, but I went to pop and hip-hop and I did sport national sports show I did a national rock show mm. I just love music but I was always the same right I'm the same person on all formats mm-hmm. and so but when I came over to country full-time I didn't know the rules yes and back to what I was saying but yeah, that's what has made me successful is that and I was hated I was hated so much <laughs> I was hated and you know what I still am a little bit and I'm a really good guy too uh-huh. but I'm still <laughs> I'm still hated because I do things different and mm-hmm. But I think that, and what you brought in, what I was able to bring in was what real people feel, mm-hmm. not what real people are supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. There there's a difference in being taught what you're supposed to feel and you don't feel it anyway, and what you really do feel.
1: There are universal, real yes. things that are reoccurring. There's nothing new under the sun. It's all the same, like a yes. couple of topics. You yeah. know? Yeah.
0: Crazy. Um, so I love. You know, I, when when that record came out, right when it came out, we played Rich and we switched around. Um, we we reversed. Uh, the uh the expletive. Uh-huh. And it and I remember texting me going, That's funny.
1: Well, what does it say, Tish?
0: No, it just <laughs> it was way before it was even put out. It was when um uh my church was still oh, yeah. doing it yeah, still yeah, yeah. and I was playing it a bit it was just like because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't use any cool system to, uh-huh. I just reversed it mm-hmm. uh, amazing and then you wrote Sugar yes and all these Marin songs felt like singles because the record did so well because mm-hmm. I listened to the record so many times here's that I'm not full of crap I know all the songs that's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the, the
1: first one we wrote together really yeah that's to a good to one
0: Still like listening back to this stuff? Yes. You do?
1: Not all the songs I've ever written. Some of them I'm terrified to <laughs> listen to, but that that record still stands out. My kids still like to listen to it.
0: Did you ha do you have any hits that you're like, I don't like that one still.
1: Uh what's funny is they become something new. I haven't had any like singles that I thought were awful. Like sometimes you just hide under and just hope that the song doesn't get cut. Mm. There's one
0: you don't have to say what it is. I won't.
1: It's... And it's not, it has never been cut. Mm. But I swear there's this time where I'm like, that's the one. It's going to ruin my career. Like, <laughs> it's going to get cut and it's going to make me feel so embarrassed. But like, no. I, but they become something new. Like, Lonely Eyes is a song i I liked. Oh, there it is. Look at that. <laughs> I always loved the song as a piece of art. But um, playing it made it different. Like, I play it differently on my you know on my little writers round shows and i was like wow i hear this a little bit differently you know and i the lyric jumps out a little bit more after the fact which is bizarre i mean i was there we all wrote you know it's weird how music just pops out differently at different times
0: your first number one was drunk last night yes
1: (laughs) eli young band this is so weird, listening to all these in a row. All to, it's, it's like, a, it's your life. It is. Here, it is. Here it is. Here's Here it is. an audio I'm version. Like, of am I it. about to get buried? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, at this point, let's leading up to the, the day before you wrote this song. Mm-hmm. Well, even when you wrote the song, you don't know for a while. Because so, yeah, mm-hmm. you write it, and then yeah, it kind of exists. More. And then there's, this person may cut it. Mm-hmm. Or this person's going to cut it. And you go, are they really? Mm-hmm. Then they do, and you wonder, is it a single? Yeah. And then... So it's a, there's a, so we'll just act like that's yeah. the line. The, yes. the day before you cut this, like, where were you before you had this number one song? Where was I? Like not even like a, a, literally like, like, like in, career in, career in your in your mind as a songwriter.
1: Okay. I again very lucky. My life was so shitty before that every step of this has been kind of fun for me. Like I bartended for four years, then I got a deal. I was signed to um, B.J. Hill um, at Warner Chapel. And Publishing, like, writing. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was like three or four years in. So that's kind of hauling ass. That's moving. You know, getting a deal that early is kind of unusual. So I was like pinching myself. Oh, my God, I can stop. I can quit bartending. This is going to be great. And I was just, nose was down. Like, I was just excited to show up. And I had had a few cuts. It was like a Jana Kramer cut I had. And then... This band, Eden's Edge, is really why I moved here. My sister-in-law, I ended up marrying her brother, but um, Hannah Blaylock from Eden's Edge is my sister-in-law. And I moved here because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, and she didn't kind of know what she was doing, and it was like, let's write songs. Like It was really quite organic, but this was a couple of years into my deal, so I don't think I really, uh, I don't think I was paying that close attention to what was happening, like, cuts-wise. It's weird when you get into it and you have, like, hundreds of copyrights they get cut quite often but when you're starting out it's like you kind of have like two good songs you know they're not that good yet I don't know I don't think I really thought what I was doing you know what I think I did think that what I was doing was good but it is funny looking back because that was definitely the first one that was just like well there you go and I remember playing it for my publisher and just going like if we can't get this to cut to get cut like I officially don't have a nose for no. this like this song feels like a hit and um allison jones was in the other room and she popped in she was like can i put this on hold for you young Van? so it was it was fast but my nose was down i mean to answer your question i just feel like i was really focused on trying to just build a catalog and do a good job and show up and not be nervous anymore stuff like that
0: that's a thing, too. You go into rights with writers that you really respect. Oh, and oh. and the more you do it, the harder it is to get into rooms.
1: Oh, man. And
0: then when you do, it's almost like, if I don't do a good job, they're mm-hmm. not going to have me back. That's
1: exactly right. Tom Shapiro was the one where I was like, I had to calm myself down. Like, I had to, like, like, I was definitely, like, super nervous. I hope he doesn't know that to this day, but I was so nervous. And I went in there, and he was just a darling, and I calmed down, you know, but... It was mo- That was where my head was. I was just trying to be, like, good at this, you know?
0: Did you play that I'm good card, like I know I'm good? Not in a bad way, mm-hmm. or did you come off as... Because for me, if I get on other, like, comedians, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I, need, I need to act like I don't care, yeah. but I really care, mm-hmm. and I want them to think... You just try to fit in with people that mm-hmm. you think are awesome.
1: Oh, God. I don't know if I was, like, swinging a dick or anything. I feel like I was just you know, grateful to be there, you know? And really, like, when you have nothing going on, you're kind of like, why am I here? Like, who, you know, what did someone have to do to get me in here at that point, you know? But then, you you know, you kind of gather, it gathers some moths over time. People are like, oh, I heard a lot about you. So-and-so, I write with so-and-so. And And Bob DiPiro was one. Like, he had heard, you know, she's pretty good. I should write with her. And it was like, that starts happening. And you're like, oh, okay, I've got a little little rep going you Mm. know i mean it's bizarre it's such a small town and even if you if someone's screaming your name like you're the most amazing thing that's ever happened they will forget about that in a month so it does genuinely take like 10 years to like have a name that isn't just flavor of the day you know because
0: there are so many flavors of the day and it's even with artists for me like somebody gets a a hit right Mm -hmm. okay and i know it's cool to have a hit but Okay, show me a second or third yes. one because there are so many yes. artists that have one hit.
1: Yes, there are.
0: And when you get one hit and you get really cocky and arrogant, mm-hmm. no. it's like you have no idea, man. Like yeah. I, this town eats people up like you all the time. Yeah, one one hit. Yep, g- give me two.
1: That's funny. You, there's a couple of writers I remember writing with who um, had just a little bit going on, and all of a sudden they were like, "Mr. Teacher Town," you know. Going like, you don't want to do that. Let me tell you what. And I remember going like, take notes. Never do this. Mm. I don't care how fucking big you get. No matter how many songs you have, don't treat people like they don't know what they're doing. Because they're bringing a component. That's what co-writing is. They're bringing a component that you cannot provide. There is a reason why they're there. And if there isn't a reason, then don't fucking write with them. But like, if there is anything to give here, like don't condescend, you know, and everyone's at different places. I remember the first time I wrote with, um, it wasn't the first time. It was a couple times, uh, Mark D Sanders. I got to write with him and he did this thing with this terrible idea I had. I can't believe he even wrote with me. My idea was awful. It was like, I think the word like (laughs) Hallmark card and Walmart were rhyming. Like it was so embarrassing, like in retrospect, but I was like, I know. And he did this trick that I do all the time now where sequentially, he's circled back to the to the first um, verse conceptually. So it's like we went through the song, you're in the story, it's moving along, and then all of a sudden you are physically back where it began. And I was like, how did you do that? And I, I meant it. I was like, what did you just do? And he was like, well, that's why they pay me the big bucks. Like, he's so adorable. <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. But he was really sweet and kind yeah. about my lack of knowledge about that. It's a trick everybody uses. I just hadn't seen it before. And I think about that. All the time when I'm writing with someone who's a little more new here or a little green, your tricks are mind-boggling at this point. You're helping them learn these little things. that, And condescending, being condescending about that can just – it shuts me down. I don't do, like, mean. I just don't. You know, I don't the, like mean.
0: This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tecova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tecova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots. Um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition. Timeless style, always on trend. And Tecova's has 1st wear comfort. Little to no break-in period. Like, it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tecova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff?
2: I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there.
0: Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com.
2: T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. com.
0: Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, Audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new, this shirt saves lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby the 785 833. The thing about that, too, is that because douchey people really irritate me when it comes yeah. to uh, learning, doing something new, working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people took chances on me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And taught me and, and sat with me and showed me things. Mm-hmm. And how am I not going to repay that? Like, that's how, because if it weren't for people, like you say, Doing what he did with you, yeah. I want to be here mm-hmm. for in a lot of ways.
1: Definitely not, definitely yeah. not. And the fact that this is, I mean, I, there are different businesses, art businesses, where your, you know, your main thing is like in the next five years. Like if you got to get it going in the next five years, that is not the case for this business. This is a lifelong thing, and it is very sobering and also awesome to remember that at the Hall of Fame dinner every year. I don't know any of those people. I I don't know any, like, I don't, I only know a handful of the songs. That's going to be me in 40 years. Like, there's going to be a bunch of young people that have no idea. They might remember Speechless. Like, they might. But, like, it's going to be like, who is she? And if they're awesome enough to show up and watch my little presentation about how I had an awesome career and I made a lot of friends, like, then I won. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you'll be in your gold hovercraft, it speaks of money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Flying in.
0: Yeah, with your Huber with your trashed. unicorn.
1: <laughs> My pet yeah, unicorn. It's going to be cool. Amazing.
0: Let me write a couple other songs real quick. This is uh, Weed Whiskey and Willie from Ooh. Brothers Osborne.
1: The only thing I believe in
2: is weed. Whiskey,
1: and I love
0: those guys. God,
1: they're the best. Mm. I've always said about them And, again, this is always – it always circles back to the fact that I had no community as a child. But when I think of someone I could call, if someone broke into my house, those fucking boys would come beat the fucking shit out of someone for me. (laughs) Because they love so hard. They are so real. They're, again, give zero shits. I just love these people. I love people like them. They're amazing. And Lucy, that whole community is just magic.
0: Yeah, I tried as hard as I could to come here and not – be close to anyone because i wanted to be objective that's my thing mm-hmm. i gonna be objective i'm gonna make no friends yeah. screw the world <laughs> i want to have them. i want my opinion to be pure uh-huh. but you meet people like Jonathan tj oh and you go
1: well <laughs> just this once <laughs>
0: like then there have been a few dirks oh ryan
1: oh you're and, naming and, all my faves like, and like truly. it's like
0: why would i keep something out of my life that could actually make it a bit better yes like, I could call Dark right now.
1: I agree. I feel like he'd
0: answer his flip phone in ca- right. a camper. <laughs> <laughs> and still, he would, you know, but those, John had, uh, I was, I did this TV show, Dancing with the Stars, um, last.
1: You won, didn't you? I won, I don't yeah. watch TV, but someone yeah. was like, he won. And I, I was won. like, this is crazy. It yeah. was crazy, because I'm not good. Congratulations. Well, thanks.
0: <laughs> My point is, John and TJ's mom was a huge fan of that show. No. Huge fan. And also, she was a big fan of. The radio show. Uh huh. And because they would listen before she moved down here up in D, near DC. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she was a big fan of both, right? And when she heard I was going on, it was like her two worlds were combining. And, I, and so John texted me, he's like, My mom's having her 70th birthday. This is like three weeks ago. I was doing dancing with this. I was on the stage in a, uh-huh. a full outfit about to walk out. And I get this text from John. He's like, uh, i never told this story. He won't care. He's like, My mom's turning 70. Dude, can you make me a video? And because we're going to surprise oh her with this video. And I'm in full God. dancing with this, star, like total cowboy head everything. And I was like, I'm about to go dance right now. Oh. Happy birthday. <laughs> but I was so happy to do it because I those guys, are, they're such good dudes. They're they like are. normal humans who also play music.
1: I completely agree. And they
0: play music well, wonderfully. And
1: they are uncorruptible, if that's a word. There is nothing this industry can do to them that would turn them into dicks. Like, there's nothing that can happen. There are lots of people can turn into dicks. People turn into dicks and then they come back.
0: That happens a lot. A I, mean, lot. I think that probably happened to me a little bit, too. It happens. Yeah. That's the
1: thing. But, like... They were. They just don't corrupt. It's just not how they roll. It's uh, not how they roll. Reba, living ain't kill me yet. <laughs> oh God!
2: <laughs>
0: why are you? Why are you laugh at that smile laughing. so big?
1: I'm laughing because me and Tommy Lee. Do you know Tommy Lee James? I don't. Uh, we wrote this song um, because she had a, a show, another like a series. You know her like Reba shows. Mm-hmm. We wrote this as a kind of a Reba parody to be her theme song for this show. And then three years later, she cut it for her record and it was just this full, like that was an impression of Reba. And here we are. She actually cut it. It was so, it was such a good impression that is she identified with it. It made us feel so good. Yeah. It was like, but it was so in, it was like a mirror facing a mirror missing, you know what I mean? Like, it was a little inception. That's you know? funny.
0: That's, <laughs> that's cool. So it's weird. also cool to have a Reba song.
1: Oh, my God. All other
0: things aside, like, it's freaking Reba.
1: No, my bio always ends with and queen Reba. Yeah. Like, she got a, like, you know, it is a thing. You're absolutely right. There's there's a few people. George Strait would be one if yeah. I ever, God, if that ever happened. Kenny is another one. If I ever, oh, God, I would just die if I got a Kenny cut. That's, a,
0: that's doable, though.
1: I want it to happen so yeah. bad. I don't, he's, we've had like a, a momentary hold. I've never connected a song of mine with him yet. I, I literally am like, it's a, it's a big goal. That would be huge because I just feel like he cuts timeless, but re- also relevant to the time. And they're always the quality is always so good. And I mean, as recently as his, la- I mean, he's amazing. It just goes so far back, and he's still cutting songs where you're like, God.
0: I felt with Kenny, he appreciates songwriters.
1: Mm. And he is one, which is a stunning combination. I mean, just to, he could cut only his own song and he could.
0: And he doesn't. And he doesn't. And, and that's a big appreciation. Yeah. Because he could, and you know what? He could probably make a hits. Oh man. Like it's Kenny Chesney. Exactly. Like if it's close, he wins because he Mm. deserves it at this point. American
1: kids was the one where I was just like, shut the front door. What the fuck is happening right now? Like, how did you, that is such a timeless song. I've, I've like, kissed the ground that song has walked on. I just think it's magic, and he made it magic. The production on it is perfect, and it's just, and his career goes back, like, 30 years. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: it, the Kenny and the McGraw stuff yeah. is wild to me because there have been artists who have done 15 years, and then uh, it's not worked out, and they're retired, and they're considered legends. Yeah. These two are still contemporary. It's insane. To where they're not as considered as legendary mm-hmm. with bigger careers because they're still going. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing because no. you would think they would be more loved. They are loved. You'd think they'd be more celebrated as yes. legends because they are still going. I know. But a bit, and I was saying this about McGraw, because I remember being in ninth grade listening to Tim McGraw. Mm-hmm. Tim McGraw is just seen as one of the big country stars right now, superstar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he had quit 10 years ago and then come back, it would have been like, the legend, I know. Tim McGraw is back. We yeah. can't believe it. <laughs> but because he's been so good and so relevant, he yeah. doesn't get that legendary exactly. credit yet. And that's nutty to me.
1: It's amazing. It reminds me of Stephen uh, Tyler, mm-hmm. like vocally, I, you know, I, I was always just like, how is it that this man still feels underrated? I'm so confused. Like as a vocalist, how do I, how are you not getting, even though you're a monster star, it's like Aerosmith for life, every, it's crazy. They're like legendary. And yet I still feel like people are not listening to how brilliant his vocal is. Like Brilliant, but it's probably because of what you just said. Yeah. It, he never goes away. He never went away, so you don't have time that's t- right. to
0: really appreciate how amazing it was. Yes. Because we don't even – let's take a step out of music for a second. We don't really appreciate things as is until mm-hmm. they're not around anymore. Mm. Just generally mm. speaking.
1: Isn't that funny? It
0: sucks. It's a sucky thing about – us because it's like we wish we knew when the good old times were happening. Yes. Because then we'd know that we're in the middle of the good old days. Yep. But we don't until it's over. So I think that, that's a life thing. Yeah. But because Aerosmith never went away – you really don't. When he dies, we're, oh we're going to go, oh, my God. Yeah. How amazing was Steven Tyler?
1: Hole in my soul. Do you remember that
0: yeah. song? I'm, I'm a big fan. That's, I've <sighs> only it geeked out like three times ever. Uh-huh. And he, when he came into the show, um, I was like, this is crazy. This is like, yeah. as far as American rock oh, stars 100. go.
1: Just epic. Yeah. Ryan and I wrote with him.
0: <laughs> now, that'd be one where it would be like, holy crap. We were so nervous. And you just stare and you just look and you I go, did. oh, my God.
1: I didn't know what to do. Ryan and I both were just like. You're fucking Stephen Tyler. How is this real? It's it was a bizarre day, but I remember like I didn't pee, I didn't eat, I was just and he didn't eat or pee either. So I just felt like we were just listening to a story that never stopped for like twelve hours and it never ended. It never ended. He he has so many stories and he just went on and on. It was and he amazing. He doesn't mind sharing them. All the deets. Man. And he's
0: and Stephen's like seventy now, right? I know. But he doesn't act it. Mm-mm. He's still a bit Peter Pan.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent.
0: I think you grow to where you have to grow. He hasn't had to grow in a lot of ways.
1: Amazing. So much energy. So nice. So nice.
0: Doesn't have to be.
1: No, I mean he was really gracious with two like little idiots, and honestly, neither of us had anything going on. He was probably like, "Why am I in here?" I mean, yeah.
0: (laughs) He told a story. Um, We were. I was asking him about. um, queen Mm. because i was like to me there are a couple artists that transcend time where if they started new right now they would still be fantastic oh oh
1: god i love you i love that you said that there are a few and queen is one yeah i think uh
0: uh, biggie would be one because his 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 style was so different then i think if he came out and he was he was new he would be like oh this new rapper is good because with time you know obviously sonically Mm -hmm. a lot of trends things change um, and I've often said that Biggie's style is more contemporary than Tupac's, even though Tupac was more culturally re- mm, relevant at the time. Interesting. But I think if you took Biggie, and I've always said that about Queen, if you mm-hmm. put them out right now, oh yeah, they're so different and so good. They would they would just be a a cutting edge yes. rock band right now. Which is crazy. Really? We weren't even born when they were know, crazy. But he was telling the story. I'll, I'll kind of wrap this up. He was telling the story about how um, Freddie Mercury was on the front of their bus. Mm-hmm. They were kind of a big deal, and Queen really wasn't. And Freddie Mercury was on, sleeping in the front of their tour bus. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm with a human. Yeah. And this is way before the movie uh-huh. and you know, yeah, before yeah, yeah. the new generation was reintroduced mm-hmm. to Queen. But, yeah, he was so generous yeah. with his stories. Mm-hmm. And also, I think he liked telling them.
1: Yes, I think so, too. Yeah, it was like a museum. I was, yeah. like, I was like with the Human exactly. Doc Museum. Human, yes. human Museum. Amazing. All right.
0: We've done an hour here. Um, I want to play one more thing. Do we have um, of her singing the, back, the background vocals on... Ooh. What Marin song did you sing back? Hold on. I have it written here. A Hero. Do we have that? I don't have... you sing Background and Hero? Yeah, yeah. On the, on the I, record I on sang a bunch on, of stuff.
1: What did I sing on? I sang on "Rich." "Rich" is my; those are my backgrounds. Our, oh, it's really? "Tuatiti" is her. I'm trying to think of the one that was. Oh, Wait, "We Do Us."
0: Was, that's the. And I thought that was Marin. Yeah, I had Ryan on my did. show, and I was like, "You got Marin?" He was like, "No, that's not Marin." Yeah, Mar-. yeah he's like, yeah, "Yeah." That makes me excited. Uh, let's, quickly, let's talk about Ryan's app. Yeah. Let's come back to that real yeah. quick. You you mentioned earlier. We want to come back to Ryan's body. Oh, thank you for yes. circling back. Go ahead. Okay. It's like a songwriter trick I just yes. taught you. You circle back. You that's right. Yeah. You're
1: just teaching me the ways. <laughs> You're like taking notes. Um, He, you know, when I met him, I'm so going to, he's going to kill me a little bit. But when I met him, he was like doing IT work. He was kind of like, like total, like kind of a nerd. Still hot. I mean, he's a hot guy. But kind of like in this way where it's like he had no idea. No one was really paying much attention. It's just like, who's that secretly hot guy? And then... I would dare him. I'm like, so so when are you doing the record deal thing? Like, who who's offered this week? And I was joking with him because he's such a quiet and sort of mm-hmm. private person. And I was just like, I'm never doing that ever. That's the worst. And he was like, oh, neither am I. Neither am I. <laughs> and then I was like, so how many record deals do you <laughs> get this week? You know, teasing him. And then he got the record deal. And I was just like, of course. You know, it's like it's a no-brainer. Your voice is magic. And you look like this. And, you know. And then we were at a party at – he he had this teeny-weeny house. Did you ever go to his little teeny-weeny house? Mm-hmm. He has this little house um, that he lived in before they moved into their, mm-hmm. their house. And <laughs> by the bathroom, there was this bookshelf. And I was – it was a party at his house. And Maren was there. All, all, everyone was there. And I've been making fun of his, like, his abs because he started getting so strong and looking really good. And I'm in line at the at the bathroom, and there's this book that's like, you know, what was it called? Uh, like – Epic abs or something so <laughs> dumb. And I had a friend. I was like, would you do me a favor? I'm like, would you just throw this book in front of Ryan on your way out? Like, And he, someone threw the book in front of him and he knew that I was <laughs> making fun of him. It's just so funny. And now we have this email exchange. He subscribes to Anarchy Abs. I don't know if you do. No, I don't. Maybe, Maybe you I should need sign to. up. Yeah, it is so like it. hilarious. The way they talk about like rock. I mean, it's so dumb and so funny. And every now and then he'll send me an ab thing and then I'll send him an ab. It's always about abs. We're constantly talking about it.
0: I wear this chain. I have it on. I have to take it off when he come up here. I, don't, I always thought I'm not cool enough to wear a chain. He always wears chains. He's yeah. like, dude, you're cool enough. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a chain that I wear like five days a week because I'm like, dude, I'm just wearing it because you said it was cool. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to be cool, man. Amazing. Trying to be cool like you.
1: No. He really has no problem with the cool. He's he's all the cool.
0: Uh, I appreciate you coming by. I hope this is cool for I'm you. I'm so
1: grateful that I got to do this and I'm so happy to finally meet you. I feel like I've heard such amazing things! Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, this has been probably cooler for me than you. I have a really rich friend now that wrote speechless. This <laughs> oh is going to be God, great. God. I got three of them now. <laughs> I've got
1: I've got all three except for the fourth
0: one. I don't know. You say who wrote that? Jordan Reynolds. Jordan Reynolds. One? Yeah. If I'm friends, with I got yeah. the
2: whole the and he whole
1: produced thing and, the record, so he's uh, even ri- He's going to be ma- monster man, rich. He's okay. moving to Franklin any day now. Look, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming by. Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been a great one. This is episode one fifty six and. Uh, Thanks to our sponsors and check out all these songs and more. And when Marin's record comes out, mm-hmm. her new record, you got some on that, huh? Yeah. That'd be, that. It's, by the way, tonight this will be put up in a couple of days, but tonight I think that record goes up on pre-sale. No way. Was, so tomorrow actually, oh, but cool. yeah, at midnight tonight. So people will right actually see the all the tracks, yes. all everything. I got
1: five on there. Oh, do so you excited? really? Yeah. Wow. I'm so excited. Oh. Are
0: they already talking about singles like two and three and four in? They, 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 they
1: chat, but I don't believe anything until it happens. Although Marin's really, uh, she stays on track with her plan. She yeah. has a plan, you know. But one of the songs is coming out as like one of those rollout songs mm-hmm. on the twenty second. Like of one February. of the instant grat yeah. songs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that that'll wrap it up. Thanks, Mike Deep. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next Thanks time. Bye, so much. everybody. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today.